This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. And welcome to the Start Spreading the News Yankees podcast. Paul Semendinger here with EJ Fagan. I'm going to bring EJ up in just one second. It might be a minute. But I, I just have to start off with a non-baseball rant because I, I don't even have words necessarily for what I just saw. It, 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 it's, it's not even real. So I grew up as a Yankees fan. I became a Yankee fan in 1977. The Yankees stole my heart. Reggie hit the home runs. I've told that story a million times. My favorite player was Greg Nettles. The Yankees won the World Series in 77 and 78. You know, Thurman Munson died tragically in 1979, something that I, maybe I'm still not over it yet. And they went to the playoffs in 1980. They went to the World Series in 81. And then the bottom sort of falls out in 82. They have a terrible year. And in 1983, they seem to be coming back. And, and all of a sudden, in these next couple of years, the Yankees have Don Mattingly emerging and Ricky Henderson. And, and there's all this hope year after year. And they were actually pretty good in those years, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. They were actually a pretty good team. They just kept barely falling short in some of those years. And so my 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 years would, as a Yankee fan, my springs and summers into the fall would would end up with grave disappointment. And somewhere around 1983, late 1982, I, I started like, hey, maybe I ought to watch football. And I watched a giant game or two and it just didn't connect. And then I was flipping and I saw the Jets. I saw the New York Jets play and like it worked. They had this thing called the New York sack exchange instead of the stock exchange. Right. And they, these big guys on the defensive line and they'd make these tackles and, and Mark Gastineau did these dances and they, they had this running back named Freeman McNeil, who was just super exciting. And their quarterback was Richard Todd. And he went to the same college, Alabama as the great jet Joe Namath and the, the Jets hooked me and, and I became a Jets fan. And every year in the preseason, they'd say, you know, the Jets are pretty good. They have a great defense. They've got some great players. Wesley Walker as a wide receiver, Freeman McNeil, as I mentioned, and Richard Todd's a good enough quarterback. And then he goes away and they get Kenny O'Brien, who supposedly was going to be a great quarterback. And every winter I'd, I'd watched the Jets fall short. The Yankees would disappoint me by the end of the summer and not make the playoffs. And then the Jets would get my hopes up and then have a miserable season. And this went on for year after year. And I, well, over time, I lost a lot of my interest in football. But this winter, the, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. They got one of the great quarterbacks of all time. And, and they had a pretty good defense and some would say a great defense last year and people are talking playoffs and Super Bowl and you know what I got excited I got excited I I bought in I'm saying like I can't wait I even thought about saying to EJ let's record this earlier today so I can watch the entire jet game instead of having to DVR it and watch it in on delay because I was so excited opening night Jets Bills Aaron Rodgers the great quarterback he's gonna play for the Jets this is finally gonna be their year I'm back to being a Jets fan I'm interested I'm excited about the season after a disappointing Yankee season and on the first series Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and he's carted off the field. And and I don't know what his problem is. He might have broken his ankle or something. It's questionable whether he's going to return. And that quickly, that quickly, like the season looks like it's going up in smoke. On the first drive, it, it didn't take that much, that long for the Jets to absolutely explode and crumble. It's like my childhood revisited. The Yankees were supposed to be good. And it was not a good year. Then I'm getting excited for the Jets for the first time in decades. And now their quarterback, the guy who was supposed to be the guy who's going to lead them there, is 
injured and carted off the field. It's just unreal. It's surreal. And the Yankees also then suffered a devastating injury over the weekend. Jason Dominguez torn UCL. Looks like he's going to get Tommy John surgery. And I know EJ's lots of thoughts. Sorry for that rant, EJ. How are you? Sorry, Paul. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, yeah, uh, that, I didn't. I had no idea this happened until you mentioned the Jets, and while you know, I googled it while this was happening. That is awful. It's oh, um, it's how, how does that happen? How how? Can I, these- I mean, I, I don't know anything about football. I don't follow football. I avoid football as much as I can. And I heard all the Aaron Rodgers hype. So yeah, that's that's rough. And uh, hopefully he's okay and he gets back up and can play later this season. But uh, but yeah, um, almost as disappointing as. Jason having, having your top prospect go down with a year long injury uh, a week into his major league playing career after hitting four home runs. Yeah. So Aaron Boone was quoted in yesterday's New York daily news, excuse me, New York post saying, yes, I heard about this in the Houston series. Now that seems to have been walked back a little bit, but that's what he said in his press conference. But then they're saying, oh, well, he didn't say anything till last Wednesday. But they still played him, even though he was saying his elbow was sore. We saw them mess up the injury to Anthony Rizzo. We saw them mess up the injury to Jose Trevino. We've seen a lot of Yankees have injuries they don't come back from. Like, what's your take on all this? It just seems like yeah. the Yankees are handle these things in horrific fashion. Yeah. You know, it, it's again, one, one case, it's a, it, it's a anomaly, but multiple cases, it's, pa- it's a pattern. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Trevino injury. I think, um, I think they knew he was injured. I think the question was, is could he play through it? And uh, for a while he could, and then he couldn't anymore. Um, and they let that go for too long where he was playing through it and playing poorly. Rizzo was so obviously hurt because he was playing awfully. Dominguez was hitting home runs. <laughs> Um, and Dominguez was exciting and looked great. And, you know, I, I don't know how often a player goes to the Yankees and says like, yeah, you know, my elbow's a little sore. You know, when, a, when he's a pitcher, I'm sure, you, t- you know, that, that's an alarm bell right away. When he's a position player, maybe less so. The Yankees have had a lot of position player Tommy Johns. Glaber Torres, which I believe that was known when he, they traded for him. Um, and, and that that was, that was going to be a thing anyway. Um, Didi Gregorius, Aaron Hicks, and now Dominguez. And there's not that many non-catcher position player Tommy Johns out there. If I was looking at, looking at a list yesterday, there's maybe a dozen. Um, so the Yankees, this seems to happen to the Yankees a lot. I don't know if I, I don't know enough yet if this is a something to blame the Yankees for, or just something that he had a tear it was gonna it was gonna pop right, and 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 that that was just that was just something that was going to happen. Excuse me. Um. Or if you know if he had rested it a week ago, maybe maybe he he doesn't have to have surgery and he's ready for the beginning of next season. I don't know. I do know and, that and I don't. I don't know if we'll ever know those answers, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think if somebody's really at fault here, I think you're going to start hearing some anonymous sourcing come out of the Yankees because I mean, it, it, the Yankees seem to be screwing this up a lot. I still am surprised that the Rizzo thing hasn't been more prompted, more kind of um, outrage, not even outrage. Just like, again, like sniping from behind the scenes of people bl- you know, blaming. And um, I wonder if this Dominguez thing will happen. We'll, we'll do the same thing. That said, again, players get Tommy John. It happens. Um, luckily, he'll be back eventually. I think this really screws up planning for next year, but because you want to just pencil him in as your center fielder. And now, now they have to find some other solution. Um, but I think the good news is, is that, you know, 10 months from now, he should be a hundred percent back on the field, ready to go. He'll still be 21 years old. He'll still be really talented. I think we've seen enough from him, him in a week that I'm confident he's good. You know, I wanted yeah, to see I more, or I want to see him adjust to the, uh, the league, adjust to him, him adjust back. Right. Like that, that's, that's normal. How, you know, when we think about a prospect, but um, I mean, I'm impressed as hell. Dominguez, I think, is going to rocket up prospect list just from the last month and a half of his play, where I think I think he's going to come into the season with as as a top top prospect, and I think he's the Yankee center fielder of the future. We just got to wait a little bit. 
So I'm going to ask you some questions, uh, some things I wrote about on Start Spreading the News today. You know, everybody's saying he's coming back in 10 months or 12 months, but you you just looked at an article about players who had Tommy John surgery. Uh, Glaber came back. I don't know if Aaron Hicks ever became a good player again. You mentioned him. D.D. Gregorius suffered from a miserable season his first year back. Hicks had a strong 2020 hitting season. Um, Hicks? Yeah. Or or D.D.? Hicks. Um, D.D. also came back and wasn't great. I think D.D. didn't recover all that much. Hicks came back and hit pretty pretty well, but then the kind of bottom fell out for other stuff. I think the wrist injury was the real problem for Hicks more than the elbow injury. Um, But I I think this is something – Torres came back and has basically been fine. So I, I think this is something that position players usually recover from. Do you think he recovers well enough to be able to play center field? Or do you think, especially next year, or like Bryce Harper's really just been a DH for the most part this year after coming back, is is are we really looking at Dominguez if he makes the Yankees next year, if he comes back? And, and I'm, I'm not convinced... You know, when you cut into an athlete's arm, I read this somewhere. Obviously, that's never a good thing, right? You never want to cut into an athlete's body. Uh, you know, I had I had Achilles surgery a couple of years ago, and I, I've come back great. I'm running as well as I ever have, just older and slower, but my endurance and everything. So I had surgery, and it worked out well. It's a different type of surgery, but people can come back from injuries and surgery. But I'm never I'm not very never convinced 100. percent But do you see him as a position player next year do you see him really for a year just being a dh so dd gregorius uh had his surgery on october 15th and he played 82 games at shortstop uh when he came back so he got the and he goes back in june um i really don't know whether shortstop or outfield will be a quicker recovery i do know that gregorius was 20 similar Gregorius was 29, and so he's going to come back a lot slower than a 21-year-old. Glaber Torres, I think, missed basically the same amount of time. I think he had his surgery midseason and was ready to start spring training. Um, Harper missed five months. He came back really quickly, as you said, primarily as a DH. He's played a little bit of first base. I don't know what's going on there because it seems like he's now in the territory where he should be able to throw. Maybe he's just holding off and, and not playing outfield this season just because, you know, uh, because the recovery was rushed a little bit. He's hit pretty well when, when he's been back. Um, so I think that I would expect by this time next year, Dominguez to be a full-time center fielder. And I think probably much earlier than that. I don't think it's the start of the season. And I think that he's probably a DH for at least a month or so. Or rather, you could get him back a month earlier or maybe a little more than that if you have him just as a DH. I, but there, he's not, he's not starting the season on the team. I don't think that's in, in question. And I think that you're probably missing a good chunk of the season. Probably, you know, June 1st is my guess. I mean, we won't know. We don't know what procedure he's having. He might not have full Tommy John. Um, we don't know what, when the procedure will be. Maybe he'll try to rehab it first. I hope not, but to make something said in a press conference, he wants to get this over with and, and, and get healthy as soon as possible. Um, so I think we'll learn more soon, but I just, I don't think there's a, I don't think the Yankees can plan for him to be, to play more than half a season next year. If you're the Yankees and he comes back, does it make more sense to have him spend some time in AAA to work out the kinks and all that kind of stuff? So that delays him a month maybe or so, and mm-hmm. maybe then, then he can play center field. What, I mean, I think he's going to need that? a full spring training of, of rehab. So he's got 30 days uh, minimum of, of rehab. I don't think he needs any more time at AAA. I, I wish that they could have gotten a little more momentum out of him. I mean, he was – Dominguez was um, – Dominguez was a uh, – uh, he was he was so hot. I mean, he's a guy who's hit 420 or something over the last month and a half that I, I kind of wanted to see him ride that and get some time under him and, and, and really debut real well. Now the question is, is like, does he need some time to get hot early next season? I don't know. He's always been a guy, uh, someone who's started slow and, and ended strong. We, we interpreted that as 
he's somebody who you know, needs some time to adjust to a new level. Or maybe he's just like a late season guy. Maybe like when the weather gets hot, Dominguez is, is good. I don't know. Uh, Angelo asks about how many MLB players have had Tommy John surgery. The number is not a lot. Um, I, I looked at a list of everybody in Wikipedia's list of every major league Tommy John surgery. And there's not that many position players. I don't know exactly the exact number, but um, I think it's clear the Yankees have had more than their share. Now, I've been as critical as anybody on the Yankees. I think fairly so, and I think respectably so. But 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 obviously, and I've been very critical. You've been very critical. There have been a lot of questions about the way they've handled a lot of things. Am I wrong in giving the Yankees a pass on the fact that they've had four players with Tommy John surgery? That, that just seems like a fluke, right? Or is that something? It, it really does. I don't know what they would be doing to cause it, right? Like, right. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe they're ignoring people's elbow injuries. Like, that, that's a possibility. I think the Torres one, you can just discount. I, I'm pretty, I think he basically was traded with the knowing that he had a UCL tear going on um gregorius hicks dominguez i don't know if that's a pattern i i don't i i i don't even know what cause it i don't know what the research would say would cause lots of tommy john surgery in position players i think it's just a fluke in fact i think i mean torres was a a slide actually right or something like that i thought so yeah yeah something like i remember it was weird i remember i remember yeah so like you know there's nothing nothing going on there Right. We read the book, The Arm, and we've, we talked about it on the Bronx Beat yeah. podcast. That was a couple of years ago now. But that's really the story of guys trying to rehab from yeah. various arm injuries. They're all the pictures. pictures. But, yeah. But 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 some of them made it back. Some yeah. of them didn't. You know, like Steven Strasburg, I think he had Tommy John, and he never became. Well, for him, the, it was a shoulder. It was thoracic outlet syndrome is what. Oh, so it's really different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's real bad. I mean, apparently, he, he can't even do like normal day to day tasks. With his shoulder, yeah, so which is terrible. Bad. So yeah. he retired, and and but, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't assign blame to the Yankees. The, the 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 only thing I could say is, if I would have to hope that if this had happened with him in the minor leagues, that they would have said, "Oh, all right, kid, we're just going to shut you down." Yep. But the fact that he was in the major leagues, it seems like the Yankees kept playing him anyway. Now, was that the right or wrong thing to do? I'd like to think it was the wrong thing. I think if a player says I'm hurt, you sit him down. Um, and again, it either happened in the Houston series, which is what Aaron uh, Boone first said, or it happened last Wednesday and they still played him for a couple of games after he said, I'm not feeling great. So either way, that's that's not a good look. If the Yankees had built a better team for 2023, and if they had actually gotten some left-handed power and a leadoff hitter and a left fielder and third baseman, et cetera, blah, 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 and they were contending, we probably wouldn't have seen Jason Dominguez. And and if this did happen, he probably would have just been shut down instead of trying to push through it. That, that's probably a safe assumption. But here's a, just a little bit of a different twist. <laughs> Tell me what you think of this. Because, again, we've been critical of the Yankees. They signed Masahiro Tanaka, and his was his elbow was supposed to blow out like at any moment, and it never did. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I that's why I said I'm not sure he's having surgery. Um, you know, they figured they figured this out on Sunday. That is, he he was apparently taking batting practice, basically couldn't swing a bat. Um, they sent him to the hospital, and they found the UCL tear. Um. We have no update since then. I mean, we heard from stuff at the press conference of that game. I mean, really, I mean, Aaron Boone's face, what a heartbreaking press conference that was. Um, and Aaron Boone just kind of said it matter-of-factly, you know, the, the, that Meredith Morakovich asked him about the about his elbow, and he says, yeah, he has UCL tear, right? And and that's awful, and they must have known that during the game. Um, so that's the that's all we know. So it might be the case that there's – you know, there's some of these, you know, newer procedures like the one Zach Britton had, which might bring it back quicker. Being a position player, the stakes are a little lower. Um, it might be the the doctor might recommend rest. I'm a little concerned about that because I don't want to lose him for all of next season, right? Like you, you want to get it, you know, get it over with to some degree. I, I you know, Tanaka, I always remember it being of like he's going to have Tommy John surgery eventually. He never did, right? Never and, did. and he pitched a lot of innings, including going back to Japan after he retired uh, from the Yankees. 
So I don't know. Um, you know, you also heard from Tanaka that it was because he threw a splitter and being a you know, splitter put pressure on your ECL. Um, that's not a problem for an outfielder. So I don't know. I, this is a case where I'm sure that the medical professionals are pretty well qualified to handle this. This isn't the team. This is the, the real doctors. And um, we'll find out soon. I, I just hope that they're decisive about it, right? It's either he will not need, he will not need surgery or he will need this limited procedure or he's going to get Tommy John tomorrow and then he'll be ready. You know, then he'll start his rehab right away. Um, I don't think this changes Dominguez's career much at all. I think I'm, I have no concern that he's not going to recover from it. Um, he's young. He's, he's not a pitcher. Frankly, he's not even a shortstop. I think an, an outfielder's throw is different than a, a shortstop's throw. And so I think he'll be back. I think the real question is um, when and, and how does this impact the 2024 Yankees? I just, I think it's going to be hard to build a roster because you're going to have to have a stopgap outfielder again. And we saw how that went this year. And I think the Yankees were looking forward to penciling in Dominguez at, at, at center field and then going out and finding a left fielder, or if Pereira has a really strong end of the season, going with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, go for it. No Glovefist today? Yeah, Glovefist is a show that comes on before us on the network. That's a boxing show with Hall of Fame boxing writer Jack Hirsch. And um, I forget who he does the show with, because I know Jack from the debate show. And I assume, I guess, by that comment that it's not on. That show comes on at 8, and we're the 9 o'clock show. So I don't know if it wasn't on tonight. And if it wasn't, um, then I guess just look forward to it next week. Yeah, sorry, Brian. I know, know nothing about boxing other than uh, the the, uh, the Rocky Cinematic Universe is one of the most successful movie franchises ever, and I love it. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know what you do about center field because unless something happens that we're going to talk about, you – you need you want to leave a spot open for Dominguez because he looks so good. You know, we finally clocked his sprint speed and with a major league, major league stat cast, and he's at 28.5, which is great center field territory, right? He's very, very fast. That's one concern we had. One of the scouting reports we got on him was that essentially that he's not fast enough to be a long-term center fielder, maybe for a year or two. That's just wrong, right? That he's fast enough to be a center fielder, clearly. Um so I don't know, right? Like, I, I don't know what you do, and I don't know how you try to build a winning roster. Maybe it may be the case for, for a more rebuild rather than reload. Just got a little stronger because it's going to be really hard to build a team next year. Yeah, it's um, – if the Yankees aren't in a pennant race – It's a different question completely, it's yeah. It's correct. And, and I think if you're not in a pennant race – the stakes go down dramatically, right? If if it's a rebuild year in 2024, then there becomes much less of an urgency yep. to try to rush Jason Dominguez back. And for the long-term health of Dominguez and the franchise, it almost makes more sense to sort of go into next year saying that. Like, all right, this is going to be our rebuild year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to rebuild Jason Dominguez and we're going to figure out if Peraza and, and it's actually interesting because it'll be Glaber Torres is walkier, right? So Glaber then has one last year to prove that he either belongs on the team and get an extension or a new contract or that Peraza is a second baseman or Volpe is a second baseman. So you get a chance to see a, a season of Volpe, a season of Peraza, maybe more than just a, you know six or eight weeks of, of Pereira. And you say when Dominguez comes back, we're not going to rush him. We're just going to let him come back and we'll ease him in slowly. And again, that, that might be the better way to handle it because if, if they're trying to go for a pennant, all of a sudden Dominguez, his role becomes that much more important. Then they have to go out and get a center fielder. They have to get a much better roster and then maybe it's not even a spot for him when he's ready. Yeah. You know, I think uh, to me, I think about, I, I think about like the, the Everson Pereira move. So Pereira is not, not looking good. It's having a bad month, bad start to a season to his major league career, really bad. And I think there's an interesting question of, can you, can you start him 
excuse me, can you put him as a major league starter to start the year next year? Maybe he learns a little bit in the spring training and he comes back ready to play. You know, that's, that's not un, unheard of. But the problem is, is that if you pencil him into a position, you're kind of betting the season on him because if you have a left fielder who hits 180, you're screwed. But if you're okay with, with a rebuilding team and not necessarily winning, it's not that big of a deal if he doesn't hit that much, right? Then it's just like, okay, well, that didn't work out. Maybe, maybe you can, you have some time to call another guy up. Maybe he's just, you know, you just, you know, let Dominguez, let uh, Pereira kind of muddle along. If you want to win, then you got to find a player, someone who you, you can count on a little more. You know, I, I think the odds now of Pereira being a really good major league player are much lower than they were a month ago. And that's just normal. That's what happens when you call a prospect. Some of them just don't turn out. I think Peraza is in a similar spot. I still think there's a positional problem with Peraza that if he's not a shortstop, I think you might as well trade him. Um, but there's, there's some open questions there. Now, I don't think this is what the Yankees are going to do. I think we heard today that they're almost certainly going to make a massive offer to Yamamoto. Uh, Japanese pitcher, 25 years old, really good. Uh, the entire Yankee front office was in Japan to see his latest start, and he threw a no-hitter. threw a no-hitter. Yeah. yeah, so I got, you know, probably a good a good audition. Um, you know, we'll see if they have the biggest bid, but that sure sounds good. Uh, Yamamoto is incredibly talented, and he's very And young. he's young. He's, so, yeah. so I have less, I have no problem if the Yankees go get him. He's a young pitcher and they're going to sign him for five, eight, yeah. 10 years. So that could still be part of a rebuild, right? Like we're building for 2025 by getting a good young pitcher. I guess what I'm saying is I, at this point, I don't want to see the Yankees going out and getting Clay Bellinger, Cody but, Bellinger, right. and, and to me, that, any, any of these stopgap guys, 29 to 30, 32 years old, like, yeah, he might have a big year. I, I don't, I don't want those guys to be part of the Yankees universe. Yeah, with probably one exception, which we'll talk about. You don't want to go and get a, a long-term center fielder. And right. I think the Yankees show, showed the beginning of this year that it's really hard to find a stop, a true, true stopgap good player to play outfield. I could see them going out and signing like a Michael Brantley or something like that, but we're still talking about a left fielder. There, you know, there's not a lot of one-year center fielders available out there. Um, and yeah. and you don't want to find some guy that you're going to, you know, if you don't want to sign some guy to a long-term deal and then all of a sudden you have to figure out what to do with Dominguez. Correct. And I, I think, I think no matter what, the hope is that Dominguez comes back. And if he comes back, you pencil him in as your center fielder or your left fielder, hopefully your center fielder. So if the Yankees decide to punt on next year and make it this rebuilding year, again, you you can sign the big time pitcher at the end of next year. If Pereira doesn't work out, there's this guy named Juan Soto who will be a free agent. Right. So you get a year to sort of say, and here's another name. I don't think he'll be with the Yankees next year, but they just called up Estevan Florial. Finally, uh, had a great year in triple a, but I don't think he's going to prove anything over three or four weeks or well, whatever it is. No. And, and he'll but, be a free agent at the end of the year anyway, but I don't believe he's a free agent. I believe that they would have to keep him on the roster at the end of the year. Um, oh, I think he's, I think he's done after this year. Let me check real quick. I, I think he's, I think he's, he's out of options. Um, which is why he was down in the minors. Right. Why they didn't, that's the excuse for not bringing them up, even though, you know, because if they sent them down, they would have to, you know. uh, Yeah. That that never made any any sense to me. So, okay. Yeah. No, he doesn't have, he doesn't have any service time. So he would, he, the Yankees could hold on to him if they wanted, you know, and we we think about stop gaps. That's the, that's a stop gap. Now he's probably not any good. Um, I think there's probably a reason why he hasn't been called up despite having such a strong season. And it's not just because of the roster issues. Um, I think the Yankees probably don't think he's any good, but the rest of the prospects they're calling up aren't any good. They hit the team's hitting 215 uh, since like what, June 1st or whatever. You know, I think that I, I don't think there's any downside to it. What is he going to hit 210? Like, you know, you know, that might be better than most of the players on this team. So I'd like to see what he has. I'd like to see if, if this transformation in the minors is for real. I don't think there's any, I, it would take one hell of a three weeks for you to count on him for next year. Uh, but again, count on is an interesting word. If this isn't a contending team, then you don't have to count on anybody. 
Right. And then you then you let Florial play center field yeah. next year. And again, you're not worrying about it. So he plays center field for April, May, and June, maybe July. He gets four months. And then, you know, everybody's saying that by that point, Dominguez should be back. Well, I mean, let me say, if you go in with a rotation next year of Cole, who knows about Carlos Rodon, Yamamoto, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, Mike King, it's pretty good rotation. A rotation. So, uh, that, and to me like that, that is, that's the case for not doing a full rebuild. You have strengths on this team. You still have Aaron Judge. You hopefully have a healthy Anthony Rizzo. You will eventually get a Jason Dominguez. Um, you know, you have a Glaber Torres. Like you have the building blocks for a team. And, and so I don't, I don't know if I. I mean, it's a debate we'll have during this offseason. I think it's an interesting question of what do you do. I think there's a world where the Yankees are pretty good next year. The problem is, is that you have this outfield problem. You already need to go get a left fielder if you didn't want Pereira. And now you got to go get a, a half an outfielder from somewhere. I don't want IKF being my center fielder for the first half of next year. Right. But that's kind of what we're looking at right now. And that well, just makes this so difficult. And he, he was a $6 million player this year. I'm sure he's going to get a multiple year offer from some team to be a super sub. And, and I'd be boy, surprised. That... I don't know. I, I think he's a one year. Maybe, uh... maybe he doesn't take a big pay cut, but. I, I, I could see him getting two years, 12, 13. But a player like IKF, right? So a, a, a player who should be a bench player thrust into full-time service, I think is, is what you're looking at next year for the first three months at least. I'm going to say that the Yankees and Giancarlo Stanton and Jason Dominguez can't all exist. Yep. I, Stanton and Dominguez, it's not going to work. Stanton's going to need playing time. And Dominguez, if he's going to be in the major leagues, at least to start, I think it's going to have to be a DH. I think, I mean, look, I think that you at least have to have discussions this offseason about releasing John Carlos Dan. Um, last week, you proposed a big time, yes, crazy trade that would cost the Yankees, I think, another 120 million in salary over three, in three extra years. But make the case at this point, because maybe there's a good case to be made that Stanton goes home to California and the Yankees bite the bullet and bring in Mike Trout. What do you think? So here, here's the case. So my, so the Yankee, the angels have said yesterday, or at least the rumors yesterday, they are actively going to try to trade Mike Trout, but Mike Trout has a really bad contract. Um, when it was signed, I think that people consider that to be a fair contract for Trout, but over the last, the last few years, Trout has just not earned his money, right? He has been injured a lot. Um, this season, he was still really good when he was on the field and StatCast thinks he was getting a little bit unlucky, but was um, just wasn't great, right? What was not Mike Trout level good. Still um, has an OPS plus that's pretty darn high every he year. He would still be the best he hitter just, on the Yankees, not named Aaron Judge by a mile. Um, correct. He just doesn't play. He's been hurt. I think he still has his skills. Um, if you look at his StatCast numbers, he's still one of the fastest players in the majors. His expected stats are still 95th percentile and above. And he's still Mike Trout, right? Like, I'm not going to bet against Mike Trout for anything. I would not be shocked if Mike Trout ends up being really healthy over the next few years and ends up being really, really good. Um, Mike Trout's also had a lot of times when his season was ended kind of prematurely because the Angels weren't going to the playoffs. And so he just kind of stopped rehabbing injuries, right? That was fairly common. So something you would do to, to kind of protect your superstar. The problem is, is that he is getting paid a total. Uh, let me scroll down and actually see the actual numbers here. Thirty-seven. I'm, I'm going to thirty-seven point one million dollars for seven more years. Go for it, Angelo. Angelo's saying Stanton to the Angels, Trout to the Phillies, and Harper to the Yankees. I think Bryce Harper's deal was. You will not trade me at all. I'm giving myself to the Phillies. It's an absolute solid. There is absolutely no trading of me at all. I, I also just every, don't. I don't think that he's like he's not getting paid that much money. He's getting paid twenty seven million dollars a year until he gets paid twenty three million dollars a year. That's why we're pissed the Yankees didn't sign him because it was a good deal. Um, unlike Trout, who is getting paid thirty seven million dollars a year for the same amount of time, and he's a little bit older. Or maybe they're the same age. They're close to it. Um, I think Harper, I don't think the Phillies want out of that deal. I think the Angels want out of the Trout deal. I think Trout wants out of the Angels. I think the Yankees want out of the Stan deal. Stan might as well be released for all I care. 
right? I mean, this is a way of essentially releasing Giancarlo Stan. Um, he is under contract for what? Three more years, I believe. Uh, four more four. years after this, even though the contract starts getting a little cheap after that because the Marlins start paying a decent piece of it. But three more years, uh, four more years, and he's getting paid. I forget what the number is, but the cap hits actually a little bit lower. So this is a way of settling the money between them. So I don't think any team in, in the majors would take on Trout's contract without the Angels taking money back. I, I just would be absolutely shocked, right? That Mike Trout is, is is on a bad contract. He would not get any, anywhere close to what he's getting now if he were a free agent today. John Carlos Stanton, I'm not sure how many major league teams would put him on their roster. Um, I'm sure some would. I'm sure his value is more than zero. You could imagine the Yankees finding some team to take $4 million a year from Stanton. That is functionally not that different from releasing him for the Yankees. And this is just a way of making that happen. Stanton is a California kid. So trading him back to his hometown team, I think probably means something. Maybe he'd be willing to waive his no trade clause. You could tell him we're going to release you if you don't do this. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees have to take a little bit of that money. Um, But they're still taking on a big commitment in Mike Trout. I think this makes both teams better. Is it realistic? Does I don't it make know. Make the Angels better? I think the Angels get out of a really bad contract. Uh, yes, right. I, okay. This is a, it's a, as a, the Angels are losing money on Mike Trout. Now, the Angels want to be sold, so the the, the 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 ownership is trying to sell. Trout is a massive liability. He's also the only thing that fans are going to show up for. So right, Otani's gone. Right, they're they're not bringing him back. No. But I also am not sure that Trout – I have no idea how much of a draw Trout is. I mean, look, if I were an Angels fan, I'd want to watch every game of Mike Trout regardless because he's one of the greatest players of all time. Um, but also I don't blame Trout for wanting to come back. He's also a local kid from New Jersey. And, and I don't think we should under, underestimate how good of a player Mike Trout is and still is and would really transform this Yankees team. I think that he – Baseball would love Mike Trout in New York. So if, if, for example, you had to do some money shenanigans, I think you could probably get it by the commissioner's office. I think Mike Trout would probably accept that trade in a second. Stanton, I don't know. I think either way, this Stanton has outlived his usefulness to the Yankees. Um, What will happen to Stanton, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of money left. People don't like to sink, you know, admit some costs that way. I hope at the very least that Stan like goes to rebuild a swing in the off season because something's really not working. Stan, he hits some home runs, but if you look at the overall stats, it's pedestrian stuff, right? He's I mean, plus I believe this year's 95. He's, he's as a DH yeah. and he's looked terrible in the field. He's looked awful on the bases. And when he doesn't hit home run, nothing happens. Um, I, I think that, I, I think you could find a better DH. You could find a lot better DHs. Willie Calhoun can basically do this. And they'd be cheaper. They'd be maybe more flexible. You could imagine a much better DH. Forget Willie Calhoun. You could imagine actually going out and getting someone who can play, like an Andrew McCutcheon. And so I, I hope that John Car- – I, 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 I hope the Yankees are th- seriously thinking about John Carlos Stanton. I look at Miguel Cabrera and what, how he's kind of ending his career with the Tigers. Now Cabrera signed at the time, which was an insane contract. Uh, he had three or four years left till free agency, and they signed him to a ten-year extension. And I think at the time, the the Tigers were flying high. They were one of the best teams in baseball. They had Verlander. Um, that was a dumb contract at the time. But because Mikel Cabrera is so respected, they let him play out the contract and play a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Detroit Tigers have been so bad for so long. And I don't want that to happen with Stanton. I frankly, Trout, it could happen to too. And something you'd have to consider, like, you know, are you okay benching a 35-year-old Mike Trout if he's not any good? I, I think if Mike Trout's on the field, he's probably going to be pretty good, is my guess. And the question is, how much can he stay in the field? Stanton, when he, Stanton has been healthy this year. He had one injury, minor injury to start the year. But other than that, as far as we know, John Carlos Stanton is a healthy baseball player and he has just declined. And I don't think we should be that surprised. He's 33 years old. He's a big guy. 
he has an unorthodox way of playing baseball. And I think that that unorthodox way is finally caught up to caught up to him. And um, I want to win baseball games. And that means that even though I kind of like John Carlos Stanton as a person, I like watching him play when he, when he's hitting big home runs, I think it's time to ditch him. And I think the Mike Trout deal kind of makes sense. I, I, I just from a business perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. There's a more than business in the game. There's emotions in the game and that might make it more difficult to, to give up on Mike Trout. I mean, maybe the angels want prospects for him, which they're not going to get. Um, or they want someone to take more of the money, which I don't think they're going to get. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Dodgers are just dying to get Mike Trout on their team and, and they have a plan to keep him healthy. Um, I, I think, I think the deal makes sense. It's, it's, it, you make a great point. Tomorrow's Tuesday discussion. The Yankee writers are going to weigh in on this. I have rewritten my answer a couple of times right now. If it were published at this exact moment, I'm saying no, because the money's just too much. And, uh, go back to my rant to begin Again, I'm still not, I just, I cannot believe that Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the first yeah. series. And boy, oh boy, I just, if you bring in all summer long, I said the Mets went after Verlander and Scherzer. They, you know, they're building their team around aging pitchers who were the greatest or among the greatest of their era. And it didn't work. And I kept saying the Jets are going to try the same exact thing, except it's a quarterback, which is sort of like the pitcher. And I, I hope it doesn't blow up on the Jets. And so my worry with Trout, when he plays, he's still very good. He's still a, a you know OPS 120 or above type of player when he's out there. And as you say, he can still run. He can still field. He would hold center field down until Dominguez could come back. He wouldn't necessarily clog the DH spot. Maybe he'd be able to move to left, which is a big area for a player to cover anyway, because it's Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of good reasons. I guess the thing that if I were to make that trade, if I were the GM, I would have to have a long conversation with Hal Steinbrenner. And I'd have to say, listen, if we're going to do this, and it may, and it also makes sense because you're moving on from the, from the 27, 2017, 2018, 2019 Yankees of this is the new era. Well, that era is over. And if you get rid of Stanton, that's another symbol that that, that era is over. But I'd have to have a long conversation with Hal Steinbrenner and say, like, listen, if we're going to do this and we're going to do this right, it's going to cost us a lot of money because we have to pay a lot of money to get rid of Stanton, even if we just eat his contract. So we're going to eat his contract bring in a more expensive guy for a longer period of time. It's another contract. You might have to eat at the end. You're going to be paying judge a lot. You're going to be paying uh, the Japanese pitcher a lot. You're going to be paying Cole a lot. You're paying Rodon a lot. But on the other end, we're not going to be paying Volpe a lot. We're not going to be playing Dominguez a lot. Hopefully, uh, you know, Pereira uh, figures it out and, and uh, he can play uh, or Peraza or both. We, we might be able to save money at second base next year if we let Glaber Torres walk. Our catchers aren't going to cost a lot of money, so we're going to try to save money on the periphery. But you're going to have to be willing to spend big and go over luxury taxes in order to make this work. And it can't just be for 2024. you got to be in it. All in. If you're not all in and spending for the next 10 years, this isn't going to work. Let, let, let me give you, let me, I, I think that's all right, but let me give you the, the, the math here and why I think it, it makes sense. So Mike Trout is owed, this is incredible, $259 million over the next seven years. Getting paid as much as Aaron Judge, basically. Judge is getting paid a hair more per year. Um, the Yankees owe John Carlos Stanton $108 million over that same time period. And so you would save you know, you would save $108 million on, on Mike Trav's contract, which turns him into a $22 million per year player, which is, I think, pretty reasonable. In fact, as I as I do this math, I, I question what is Stanton worth per year because maybe the Yankees would actually have to take on a little bit of Stanton's contract because $22 million a year for Mike Trav is not bad. Here's the other thing. Seven years from now is a long time. There's going to be inflation, especially in baseball terms, during that time. There's going to be another CBA during that time when the luxury tax thresholds are going to go up and they're already going up every year. 
And so by the end of that contract, it's not going to look great, $37 million, but it's not going to look disastrous. It's kind of like Stan's contract now, who has, he has an average annual value of $25 million. That's actually not that bad under the current CBA. It's not disastrous for your, for your luxury tax. So I think Trout could be in that same position. Another argument, non, non-baseball argument, business argument, Mike Trout sells jerseys, right? I mean, just imagine a Yankee hype machine when you have someone who has a legitimate claim to being Mickey Mantle. I, I mean, and, and that's not absurd, right? I mean, Mike Trout could be Mickey Mantle. What uniform number does Mike Trout wear? Does he wear number three? Let's see. What, what uniform number does Mike Trout wear? He wears the uniform number. Uh, this is not on baseball reference right now. What? That's Let's where I was going to go. It I'm is. looking forward to it. It's on the here. top of the page. It's on the top of the page. Where, oh, 27. Where's 27? 27. Isn't that Stan's number? What's that? <laughs> I think that's Stan's number, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so here's um, my question. If the Yankees get Mike Trout, do you give him I, number 77? I was going to say, just, I, just unretire seven. Let's do it. Right? Um, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I, you know, for Mike Trout, I'll do it. I don't care. I, I mean, it. Um, I to mean, go look, back to the Jets, there was a lot of that talk. If they get Aaron Rodgers, he's always been number twelve. The unretired Joe Namath's number, and Joe Namath's like, yeah. <laughs> Mike Trout's so, going to go into the Hall of Fame as an Angel. So that's not really what this question is. But Mike Trout in the playoffs with the New York Yankees. I, I I just I do think that's worth more than just his wins on a base, baseball field. I think it's worth more on the short term in terms of selling jerseys and, and tickets. I think it's worth more in terms of the long term brand of the Yankees to have someone who has a claim to being the greatest player of all time on your team. Um, I I just I I am I I think I think I think it makes a lot of sense for the Yankees to do. Some team, there are, there are other teams that might be interested in Mike Trout. I would not be shocked. I just don't know if you can make the money work. I don't think at full price any team is interested. And I think that the Stanton swap just kind of, it just kind of solves some of that money problems. I, I Again, now look, doing the math right here on the show, I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees had to take on a little bit of Stan's contract. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if Mike Trout wins the MVP next year. Right, I mean, th- I mean th- that's how good we're talking about as a player. Uh, last year, you know, he was injured. Last year, he only played 199 games. 19. So, I'm sorry, uh, 119 games. Uh, last year, age 30, he was a 6.3 win play. Right, I'm just incredible. I mean, this is a player on the level of Aaron Judge. Those two players, I don't care that I don't care at all. He's right-handed hitter. He's Mike Trout. Like, we'll be good. We'll be fine. Um, I think you could talk about he's also where a to play him. Hitter. Like, like yeah. Judge and Stanton. Judge has changed his, his his approach the last two years a little bit, but for years they were the exact same hitter, swinging at that pitch down and away and on a curveball. Like like obviously I can't strike them out. I don't have a curveball like that. But they were so predictable on some of those pitches that how the hyperbole is I could have struck them out. Because they, they they just did that that same pitch. If you're a good pitcher and you could throw to that spot, man, they would kind of two strikes down and away, swing and a miss. They're swinging. At, I, you don't at, get to be the greatest player of all time without being good at everything. Correct. Um, so he's a different type of hitter. It's not the same guy back to back like was, was with Judge. He's State. also never had good lineup protection except Otani. And so you put Trout in front of Judge. Or you put Judge in, in front of Trout. I don't care, right? Like those are all good options. Um, so again, I I think it's a crazy idea, but I, I think it makes so much sense. I think that if the Yankees go out and they get Yamamoto and they get Trout, we are going to be freaking out about next year, and, and that would be a lot of fun. Now, what position does he play? I think he plays center for now. Yeah, until Dominguez um, comes back. Well, frankly, I think he's a better center center fielder than Dominguez. Getting Trout's a good way to forget the 2020. Yeah, yeah, good one, Mike. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, <laughs> imagine how crazy that would be. I mean, you have to wait till the World Series is over to announce it, announce it because, like, baseball will be angry at you if you announce something that big that quickly, that, that, that early. Um, we should also just note that it's a risk. Like, you could also imagine that Mike Trout is never a healthy, productive player again. 
Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Right. And like, it's and a real we just risk. Saw this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still in shock that Aaron Rodgers played three yeah. downs. I, I mean, Trout played 82 games this season, 119 last season, 36 the season before. There was COVID before that. He was mostly a healthy player before that in his in his 20s, but now he's old. And he's a he's a tightly wound ball of muscles, right? And 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 we've seen with people like Severino that 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 type of body may not be great to play long term. I mean, he's he's not a he's not a light guy. He weighs two two thirty five. Now he's two thirty five. He's a big, strong dude with a big, thick neck, right? Like uh, he and he's not you know six you know he's not two eighty six eight like Aaron Judge. So it's possible that like he just doesn't have it in him. I would hope the Yankees would DH him a lot. And if you have Dominguez on the team, maybe you can do that. Um, I don't. Th- I, I don't think you're talking about moving him to off off of center field just because he's so fast still. But you know, there's ways to manage that decline. And I'll be, be honest, as a fan, like I'm not going to complain if we get to see. You know, hopefully you see a couple seasons of really good Mike Trout. But if he has a slow decline, like I think he'll be a better player late into his career than someone like Miguel Cabrera, just because he's so athletic. But if he yeah, only well, plays seventy games like, a season, yeah. if he has if he has Griffey's decline, you know, like I don't know, I'm okay with watching. Like I think I could enjoy that a lot. Um, Griffey had a particularly steep decline; like he lost yeah, his skills Griffey's faster than Trout. Was, yes. Um, I also just think like look, Griffey, Griffey was a, Griffey, he put on a lot of weight. You know, he 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 wasn't the same athletic player he was. I mean, Trout's always just been a big, strong guy. Griffey was a had a different body build, it seemed like, with Seattle than he did with. But even his, when Griffey was years. bad, like his, he was good. He was a good player. Like if you look at his stats, like even old Griffey could hit. Um, couldn't hit as well as young Griffey. Um, I also think like this is how good this is how good of a player Mike Trout is. Like Ken Griffey Jr., one of the greatest players in my lifetime. Right, one of the had an incredible start to his career. And Griffey Jr. is not nearly as good as Mike Trout. And Mike Trout, and, and like I, whatever decline, like a normal human being, Hall of Famer, like not even normal human, a a, a, a high tier Hall of Famer like Ken Griffey has, I, I think you got to bet on Mike Trout being better than that. And, and so Griffey had a solid decline. He wasn't his old self, but Griffey wasn't Mike Trout. I mean, if you just look at Mike Trout's numbers for his first seven or eight years of his career, there's a lot more black ink than anybody. And there's more black. I mean, he had the greatest start to a career of any player ever. And that's not even really a question. And he has slowed down a little bit since then, but even slow Mike Trout's been slugging 600. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. Um, I'm just curious. I actually haven't looked at his spray chart. So he's not much of an opposite field power hitter. So, you know, you can imagine him not doing great in Yankee Stadium, but his home runs are out very far. I wonder also, it's hard to tell if the Yankees are a good organization anymore. I used to say, you know, you take a guy out of a bad organization, you put him on a good team. Maybe he takes a big step forward. Maybe there's some un- some potential that he had, he doesn't had. I don't know. I'm not sure if you, we can call the Yankees a good organization. I know we can call the Angels a bad one. Um, and so maybe there's a little bit more there. Maybe a little more lineup protection would be good for Mike Trout. He's really never had it until Otani last year um, and, and the beginning part of this year. So, you know, you could imagine there maybe being a little bit more of an extra gear. I don't know. I, I, Trout doesn't strike me as a guy who doesn't put effort in, but I would have trouble putting effort in on some of those Angels teams. And so maybe there's some of that. Um, so Willie I, Mays I, at age 39 in 1969 did an OPS plus of 124. I think he was 30, 38 or 39. The the screen gets cut off for me here. At age seven, uh, 39 or 40 in 1970, his OPS plus was 140. At age 41, his OPS plus or 40 in 1971 was 158. The next year, playing for the Mets and the Giants in 1972, it was 131. That was uh, then he played for the 73 Mets at the very end. But again, not playing a whole lot of games. Hank Aaron um, was elite deep into his career. Who's Mickey that? Mantle, you know, he has knee problems and there wasn't a DH. You always want, you, Correct. you know, and his, and his, great, and his batting average went under, you know, he had 237 or whatever his last but year. He was still really, he, good. he had a, a lot. He had a 143 OPS plus that final year. Correct. Right? But nobody recognized it at the time. Yeah. Because I, it was the era, the era of the pitcher. What well, he also, he had these, to play the field. Right. I mean, I mean, you, he could, he couldn't stay on the field. 
Um, and also offense was way, way, way down because pitching was dominating. Like in those, in the late sixties, 1968 yeah. was the year of the pitcher. What Bob Gibson's ERA was like 1.12 or something. I mean, again, these are comparisons you have to make. Babe Ruth was an elite hitter until his 40th birthday. Um, I mean, there's only so many players you can look at. I mean, I'll, I'll look up Ted Williams. How good was Ted Williams late into his career? I mean, th- this is this is how you have to. I mean, Barry Bonds, come on, right? I mean, Ted Williams, Ted Williams never Williams dropped in, off. He never Ted dropped Williams. Off. I think in 1957 he retired after the 1960 season. I think in 1957 he was five hits away from hitting 400 again. Yeah, he was 388. He hit 388 in his age 38 season. What I mean by this is not that we really have any idea of what Mike Trout will be like deep into that contract, but it's not unreasonable for Mike Trout to be an absolute star player for most of it. Um, it's also not unreasonable. He doesn't play a lot of games and, and that's a problem. I, I wonder which team is the hard team to convince here. Is it the angels? Are the angels going to want someone to take every, every dime of his money? In that case, I don't think he gets traded. Are they going to want a bunch of really top prospects? I think if you did this deal, maybe the Yankees could throw in someone, but you know, you could throw in a Peraza, but I don't think you throw in. I mean, there's not that many other top prospects you could imagine them throwing in, um, you know, Volpe and Dominguez, I think are off the table, um, but you could imagine them trying to help the angels out a little bit to justify losing their superstar. I, I wonder from the Yankees perspective, are they willing to take on the risk and the money? Are they willing to temporarily have a team that's very expensive? I think eventually some of the contracts are on the book start to expire. Um, I think not this really. is this is not, but thing is, this isn't increasing that much of their luxury tax. I think this is a twelve million dollars over their overstands luxury tax. So I, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. And maybe save that money. IKF is six million of it right there. You don't bring him back. I mean. Josh Donaldson is $21 million in luxury tax and $29 million in real money. Right. I mean, there's, there's, um, there, there's a, there's a world where this is not a terrible, this is not a budget buster, especially if you think you have some kids playing, right. A Dominguez playing a Dominguez and a Volpe and a whatever Pereira playing. That's a lot of money freed up. And the Yankees right. don't have a lot of places to spend it this offseason. Yamamoto is the other big name one coming off, but you're losing Severino's money and you're losing Frankie Montaz's money and Wandy Peralta's money. Like I, I think that I think this can fit under a third luxury tax threshold if you you know play with the roster enough. And with the third wild card, there's three, right? Like yes. I, I keep yeah, right. With the third wild card, the argument being the Yankees just have to not be terrible heading into July when yeah. supposedly Dominguez comes back. So you have a team of trout. <laughs> You're making me excited. I, again, I wrote that I wouldn't do the trade. I might have to rewrite this now after uh, you're convincing me. Trout, Judge, Volpe, hopefully he has a great second uh, season. He matures and he cuts down his swing a little. You, Glaber's going to be playing for his contract, for his, his one big payday at second base. You know, and, and, and a top-tier rotation. You could make an argument the Yankees could stay in the race. And then you hope when Dominguez comes back that he comes back and and he's good enough that he can hold down center field sometimes, yeah. left field sometimes, gives him a lefty bat. Again, my worry is I don't want them to rush Dominguez. That's my big worry. But Well, this is, allows you to not rush Dominguez too, right? This 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 is a solidifies your outfield quite a lot. I'll add, you know, the Yankees are probably going to put together one of the best bullpens in the majors next year. Pretty confident in that. They always do. Um, yeah. I I think Rizzo is going to be pretty good next year. I think he was good before that injury, and then he should recover fully. Um, And let's just sign Otani. Why not? <laughs> There's no room for Otani. With but add, I don't care. Add Otani to this team. Maybe he can't even pitch anymore. I don't know. I don't really care. But you know something? Let's do it. Let's get two guys with Tommy John surgery, and uh, and, and Otani can DH, and, and there we go. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the football version, at least at times. I'm, I'm still in shock about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. How can, how can bad things happen to the Jets? Always. Oh, it just never goes right. Vinny was, was, was 2009 or something. He came up a big year. This was going to be the Jets year. And he got injured in the first game, I believe broke his leg. And that was, 
Unbelievable. But anyway, this has been the football version, tiny bit, of the Start Spreading the News show. Thanks for watching. We'll be back here again next Monday at 9 p.m. Thanks, EJ, as always.